Hello, and welcome to the Biohacking Podcast, Biohacking Beauty Podcast. Uh, my guest today is Misty Huck- Huckabee. Huckabee, that's right. And Misty, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how you got to us today? All right. So I'm actually a neuroscientist. I'm working on my master's degree. I'm also um, pre-med, so I'm very into medicine. But before that, I was into um, herbalism because I really liked how plants worked. Um, That stemmed from my childhood. So I grew up in um, the Midwest in Missouri, the Ozark Mountains on basically a lake. It was a resort town. There were beautiful hills. There were lots of plants and flowers. We would um, we would go bird watching, rock hunting. So I was very immersed in um, the earth. Yeah. Very grounded by that. And then as I grew up, I went to business school. Then I decided to pay for school. I was gonna be an actress. Mm-hmm. So I started acting and modeling, and I think this is kind of how I built a platform. But the bigger that I built my platform, so I went overseas to Germany, Kosovo, Italy, um, and I did runway modeling there. And I, I started meeting more people, and I just fell back in love with people. That's my spirit. Your 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 (laughs) birds in the background. (laughs) She's whistling. It's the most beautiful whistle. So I fell in love with people and wanting to help people. And I fell in love with culture and the different cultures. And so then I switched obviously to medicine and neuroscience and working on our brain. I had a long conversation with my grandmother, who's my mentor. And she said, I said, grandma, I'm just having a hard time wanting to do psychology. I love how the brain works, but I want to help people make changes. And she said, she had the foresight to say, why don't you do neuroscience? Wow. Yeah. And it's interesting because your grandma is from the Ozark Mountain. She's, she really, you grew up, you know, around her and that was the, the environment you grew up around, right? Yeah. So she was actually born during the Great Depression era. So it was like very much, you know, we're going to save this Q-tip to clean something, you know, it was very, you know, we're going to reuse this jar. <laughs> You know, I mean, we were hunting for rocks and then we would mm-hmm. tumble them to make them shiny to just keep as little treasures. Those were our toys. Wow. So, um, so yeah, she, she raised me and, um, I mean, my parents were there, but I, I just always would cling to her and her knowledge. And she was the first person to say to me when I was younger, And now that I'm older, I see it was a way to kind of control a young one's mind or not control it, but help me learn my own mindfulness. Mm -hmm. She would one say, be mindful of others, be mindful of your actions. Um, But she told me once, she said, why don't you just think of nothing? And me as a kid, yeah, as a kid, I'm like, okay, I'll think of nothing. That's not hard doing it right now. And she said, no, did you? Did you, most people either see a black um, screen or a white screen, or they see the word nothing in their mind. What do you see? Do you truly see nothing? And I was stumped by this for a decade. I mean, I was a little girl when she did this exercise with me. 
And um, as I got older and more on my path, I, I would, um, I would meditate without knowing it because that's what I was doing. I was thinking of nothing. And sometimes when I would run, my mind would go on these journeys and I would see um, like auras around people. Cause I, it was more like an apparition. So an apparition is something that comes before your mind. Aristotle talks about it a lot, you know, and that we can't truly know things unless we are that thing. So to truly know something, you must embody it. And for me, that's immersing myself in it, which I very much do. I'm very extreme when I choose to learn something. Mm -hmm. And um, so I think I immersed myself in these different mindful practices for a long time. And it all started with an exercise my grandma did when I was little and my need to, you know, prove her right or prove her wrong, you know, Mm -hmm. one, to make her proud that I could do this. And two, to prove her wrong when she said that I couldn't. Wow. So I was fascinated with this thought of nothingness. What you know was what it? Do you know what it, what it reminds me kind of? What? I remember an old Osho lecture where he was, he was uh, talking about why did the Buddha um, call, call, I think he called enlightenment the end of suffering. Mm-hmm. Or, or nirvana, the end of suffering. Mm-hmm. And the reason he described it as the end of suffering is to live like an empty void for what it is, not to have your mind cling to something specific, but to just kind of illuminate what would be lacking in that, in that aspect. So I don't know, it connects, connects with what you're saying a little bit. I agree 110%. Um, I mean, I completely agree. I mean, the, it's the eightfold path, the way to end suffering and what I'm learning now with my study and mindfulness. So I'm working with, um, sea care, which is a center for, um, altruism and it's at Stanford and we are, I'm taking a mindfulness course with them. And Mm -hmm. what I'm learning about mindfulness right now is that there is a suffering aspect to it. Yes. Or not mindfulness, but compassion. Compassion is to work our way through suffering. Now, the only way that we can access compassion is through mindfulness. So mindfulness mm-hmm. is our bridge for compassion. Yes. If that makes it, sense. You cannot does. be compassionate without having mindfulness. Mm-hmm. So what I understand from what you're saying is if we're not really aware, if we're not truly, truly, truly putting ourselves in that other person or other situation or whatever it is, if we're not really experiencing, being mindful and experiencing the other like they are ourselves, we wouldn't be able to be truly compassionate. We would still be doing something out of some kind of self-interest We just for us to feel better or whatever it is. Yes, that's, that's true. I think that's an aspect of it. One thing that I always say is I think that manipulation, like the energetic quality of it, it's never going to work out because you mm-hmm. have this expectation and you really want it to be met. And I always use the saying, the tighter you hold sand, the faster it falls. And so to yeah. me, yeah, that's kind of that moment in in mindfulness where you're just 
So mindfulness is just your thoughts are coming and they're going. And it's like, okay, I'm angry. And that's just it. Like I'm angry right now, or I'm excited right now. And and that's it. Nothing is attached to it. It's just a state of being. And through that mindfulness is how we can access compassion. So if you're in pain, compassion is when I want to alleviate that pain for you. Mm-hmm. but I can't cling to that feeling, right? Or else I'm, I'm going to be burned out. So as a parent yeah. or a caretaker, a friend, a partner, um, a coworker, anything, you're going to burn yourself out. So mm-hmm. you're not going to help someone else. So I really think by not attaching to that pain, but alleviating the pain, I think that's the trick. Uh huh. And studies actually show, um, I would have to pull up some of the actual stats, but I'm having having compassion and having an altruistic or giving heart specifically studies that have been done on giving um, can reduce your chance of heart disease um, it helps you live longer mm-hmm. there are studies that show that being compassionate and giving actually makes you more likable so children wow. who, yeah who children who share more in in school for instance they'll they'll be more popular uh-huh and I don't know if that used to be true because sometimes it would seem like, oh, bullies are popular. I don't know. But I think as a whole, the more that we talk about mindfulness and compassion, the more um, the more people are doing it and the cooler it's becoming. Uh, wow. That's, that, first of all, even if it is only true, um, even if it's only a self-fulfilling prophecy, I'm on board. Yeah. I think I think it's a uh, it's a reinforcing loop, right? The more we talk about compassion, and the more compassionate people there are, it's going to reinforce itself. And I think it's a good um, it's a good place to to uh, kind of state our agenda. So um, let's say someone's listening uh, to this podcast for the first time. So I'm I am a co-founder of a skincare company that's called Young Goose, and this skincare company is dealing. We call it good genes in a bottle. We're dealing with, um, we activate and support sirtuins, which which is an anti-aging pathway, or we, they're also dubbed as the anti-aging genes that our creams kind of uh, target. And when I started this company after over 10 years in, in entrepreneurship in beauty, it was very important to me to, one of my mission statements was to give as much value as I can to the end consumer to the end user when contemplating when meditating on uh, the amount of value I can give it was very apparent that skincare is a is a truly just one component of skin health and that overall health is really the important factor in, in skin health when I mentioned good genes in a bottle before, it makes sense to people because when someone looks good in their 40s or 50s, normally they attribute it to good genes. Yeah. And it's true, but it is also true that uh, the good genes that we're talking about are also the genes that direct you to be compassionate, to take care of your health, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So the idea of this podcast is to bring people exactly like you you're kind of the poster child of people that we want to bring to show the overall package the holistic approach we need to we need to take if we want if we want the end result to be beautiful glowing skin we need to understand the journey 
goes through nurturing our mind and our body. And this is why I think, I think we can have a five hour long conversation. We're gonna to try to contain it into uh, 30 or 45 minutes, but I think it could go endlessly. So really um, we can continue with your story, but a question that I had for you is, um, one of the things that, that is kind of in the headline of, of your website is building healthy minds. Mm -hmm. what, how, do you, how do you describe a healthy mind? Uh, I think a healthy mind has a good perspective of their outer reality. Um, healthy mind also sleep is the biggest thing. I mean, we are so overworked. Um, sleep is so important. If I'm tired, I sleep. I don't fight it. Uh, wow. <laughs> I need to take that advice, but that would mean I would be sleeping a lot in front of people's faces. <laughs> I know it's hard as an entrepreneur. I know it is. Um, I mean, I have my hand in so many different hats at times, but I, I just say, you know, if I can sleep tonight because I'm tired, I'm not going to get any more meaningful work done on this project until I sleep. <laughs> yes. Yes, so, that's, um, that's a very tight rope to, to, to walk, especially if, if you do take on as much as you, which is a lot. What, what are some of the projects? Obviously, we did mention that, that you're, you're, you're in pre-med, you're a pre-med student at the moment, you're a neuroscientist. You, um, do you still do some modeling and some acting? Do you have time for that even? I, no, I definitely don't have time for acting and modeling. Yeah. Um, I wish so I what? did, but I don't. My main thing is uh, my research and compassion. Mm -hmm. I did used to work with an anti-aging lab. I've done deep brain stimulation. And um, my main focus right now is overall health. I also, I have a nonprofit. So we kind of started the thought of um, ripples of kindness. And mm -hmm. I think you hinted on it, but it's so accurate. You also, also have to have self-compassion. Yes. So, and in that comes, I mean, people think that it's vanity, but it's not vanity when I wake up and I take care of my face. I wash my face in the morning. I wash it at night. I wear my sunscreen. You know, I'm, I'm doing these things for my outward appearance because it makes me feel good. And yes. so um, I think that's important to do too. I, there's so many levels of taking care of yourself. If I don't have time to go to the gym and work out, I'm, some people are so hardcore about the gym time. I, I will say that's one place where I lack maybe because I sleep so much. Yeah. But you know, I'll go for a walk on the beach or I'll do squats in my home or I'll do yoga on my deck. Um, so I'm, I'm still active every day. But these yeah. are all things we have to think about in self-compassion. So I can't yeah. be compassionate to you if I don't know it within myself. It's that idea of whenever you throw a rock into a pond, the ripples don't start outward and come in. The ripple mm -hmm. starts with you and it goes out. Yeah, it, it reminds me, I'm blanking out on, on where I heard it, but it reminds me of um, some coaching, you know, lessons someone gave where they said that um, wherever you are in life, wherever you are, by the way, also in your goals, your personal goals, what you give to others, etc., only reflects what you believe you deserve. You cannot, 
you cannot get or give or just fill in the blank more than what you believe you or others deserve. Mm-hmm. And I really think that there is something in investing your energy every day and something, whether it is your skincare, whether, whether it is meditation, where it, whether it is physical exercise, by, commi- by making small choices and committing every day to something, you kind of build that self-esteem and self-worth in that area. Mm-hmm. And that was a big part of progressing in that specific area, I feel like. Yeah. I still, for some reason, I'm being pulled back to, I feel like the, for me, the thing that I always loved the most about myself, maybe it comes from being an actress, but it was really like an appearance thing for me, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, there's those, those sayings too, like you wake up and you get dressed for success. But for yeah. me, it was just, and that doesn't make this correct, but there is a saying in psychology. It says, um, what is beautiful is also good. It's this bias that people have that they're going to listen to you if you have yourself put together. And, um, if they find you beautiful or if they find you interesting, it, it doesn't only have to do with appearance, but unfortunately it's a real bias that humans have. And yes. so if you, if you want people to take you serious, you wouldn't go to your board meeting, you know, it, as you just, I guess, rolled out of bed. <laughs> That's correct. I also, I think it's, it's, it, it, it is, I, I can ask you maybe, I, I, when I, when I go to a meeting and I shave, because I, in, I, maybe every one of us has it, but I definitely have a part of my brain, which is a slob that for everything I want to do tells me, oh, don't bother, you know? Um, so to me, the way I, I communicate with that part, I really look at it as respecting the other person, the other other person for that matter, or people that I'm going to meet. And that is why I'm giving the extra effort to look good, to, to smell good, to, to make an effort to present myself way, uh, well for that other uh, person. So maybe that's a part of it. Maybe they feel it, right? You look like you rolled out of bed. You well, I think, that's, I think that's also mindful too. I mean, it seems like to me you're saying you're being mindful of what you think their expectations are. Whether they have mm-hmm. them or not, you're putting that out there. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's 100% correct. So it starts with that. And I do think it, it, um, there are many aspects of it. Obviously, if, your, your physical appearance, it's also how prepared you are for whatever is going on, how on top of your, your things, awake you are, et cetera, et cetera. So taking care of yourself as far as sleep, as far as, far as health, it all kind of ties up together. And then you, you can just make more, make more of a difference in, in, in your and other people's lives. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so let's, talk, you know, my, biggest um, challenge as far as being an entrepreneur and taking care of myself, something that is almost like that uh, sand that you're trying to hold tightly and runs faster away from you is stress management. Because the more I feel like I want to give, the more value I, 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 I attribute to what I'm doing, et cetera, stress seems to be a built-in component of that. And again, something that I see from your work 
is that stress management is a big part of, of, of what you're doing. How do you have a lot of stress in your life? Because you do have a lot of life in your life. Does stress appear there? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I have a ton of stress. I think um, this is a very personal note, but I also take care of my siblings. Um, I'm not a mother, but I know there are probably plenty of mothers and fathers out there and, and just caretakers in general. I would call myself a caretaker. But um, just that aspect of having other lives to look after or even owning a business, you know, I have employees to think about. Um, so, um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. So in stress management, I think when it comes in that you put yourself first, I'm like, okay, I need sleep because if I don't have sleep, I'm not myself. I'm not gonna answer a, a, like a, a question or some issue that my staff might have in the appropriate way. If I'm moody, if I'm hungry, if I didn't feed myself, um, if I'm thinking about, oh, I should have taken my supplements or even not if you have coffee in the morning or if you have green tea, whatever you have, if you're thinking about, I should have had that, you're just, you're not going to be fully there. And if you're not fully there and you give the wrong answer, or you're kind of working in this autopilot where you're not really anchored to life, you're going to have to go back and you're going to have to fix that. Right. It's like yes. not doing dishes the right way the first time. Yes. Just do it the right way the first time. Get enough sleep, have your water, have your supplements, you know, center yourself and then and then take care of your stress. <laughs> yes. Do you have strategies to, to, to handle stress that you that, that, that you apply? Yeah, absolutely. I have a few uh, stress strategies. So I think for a lot of my stress, I um, I let it take care of itself which are those times that it would happen in between me having a bout of mindfulness or a bout of deep breaths. And I realized that this is not that big of a deal and mm -hmm. it's gonna, the world is gonna work it out in a way. Um, I sometimes I use my hand if I'm really stressed and I, I trace my finger with my other hand. And I think about only that. So it's only five fingers and if I have an interrupting thought, I have to start over. If you okay. don't want to do that in public, another thing I used to do in my mind, um, anytime I would start to feel stressed because I am a high anxiety person, I would mm -hmm. count to 10 in my mind. And if I thought of anything else before I got to 10, I would start over, right? So I'm getting like frustrated. I'm like, okay, I was on five. Now I'm only on 30. <laughs> I have to start over and I got better at it. And- wow. um, yeah. And another very important thing is stress and excitement. They're controlled by the same neurotransmitter. So if you physically tell yourself when you're starting to get stressed, so you're feeling that rush of fight or flight, or you have anxiety and just say, wow, I'm excited. Yeah. And that's kind of a cue to the people around me. And, um, especially my spouse, if I say I'm excited, then he backs off. Cause that means like, mm -hmm. I'm, my body is excited. I'm having like a vis visceral, you know, like, and cognitive, you know, you might start sweating. It, it could proliferate into something yeah. where your body shuts down. So it's better to just say, you take a deep breath. I'm excited right now. And just take a moment, you know? Yes. Um, we used to have, so um, my life partner, um, 
when she was going through uh, pre-med, uh, there was a lot of stress involved, <laughs> a lot, especially uh, 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 preparing for MCATs yeah. or stage one, whatever it would be. There was a lot of uh, um, stress involved. And I don't know where we took it from, but we used to say, um, I, I'm getting ready for action. Yeah. My body's getting ready for action, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that's a good, that was a good way for us to put it into, into uh, proportion because as a, as a very philosophical person, I always like to take us back to when we lived in caves and uh, to, 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 to think of our, our, our computer, our brain as, as something that was built for that era. And looking at it as, you know, back then when you were stressed or whatever, you were getting ready for action. Probably there was some tiger outside showing you that it's hungry or something like that. And um, it does put it into proportions where, okay, this world is, is obviously a, a, an imagine, imaginative world, right? Um, I'm only imagining situations that might happen and I'm getting ready for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the interesting thing is there's um, a, there's some research on how we consolidate things um, mm -hmm. in the learning and memory aspect of our brain. So we really need that release of those uh, glucocorticoids. I, I mean, too much of them is bad, but if you want to consolidate your experience, it comes along with that that rush, you know, of the epinephrine or the adrenaline yes. or you know these other chemicals. And so I always wondered, well, you know, why are we remembering the bad things? Why aren't we remembering these really good things when I was just as excited, you know? I mean, you're going to probably remember the day you graduate or the day that you launched your business. You know, you mm -hmm. may not know the number, but you remember the feeling. And so if we start to talk to ourselves differently, you know, once we realize it's the same chemical, you, you can either remember the bad stress or the good stress. And so I think it's just somewhere in there. And when I also started being more accepting of the things that I cannot control through mindfulness, it got a lot easier. Yeah, you remind me, um, it's, it's not really the same subject, but uh, you probably know what I'm talking about better than, than I do. I mentioned it in the last podcast that there was a research uh, where where people were, you know, uh, the researchers let the, let the subject stimulate different parts of the brain. Uh, they could choose which part of the brain. And the most popular, you know, feeling that was stimulated was mild irritation <laughs> because because apparently that is that is where we are able to remember the most or have the most. Uh, epiphanies or whatever when you're when you're mildly irritated and it was a more popular uh sensation being stimulated even than orgasm yeah that's interesting <laughs> yeah i yeah. mean i i think i was reading something earlier that the the things that you can do for your for your health i was thinking that's so profound because even like meditation and mindfulness is just up there right above sex so yeah. i mean that, that's what most people are geared to, but if you think about it, that's the parasympathetic, parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system working at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe if we spend time with ourselves in mindfulness and thinking, then we're able to see where these two things come together. So, you know, let's assume a person 
is still, you know, their, their real goal is, I want to look my best. Mm-hmm. How, can we, how can we convince them to be compassionate? Why should they be compassionate? Or why should they be mindful? What is the um, added benefit of, of, of compassion to a person? What does it do to us, even on a uh, neurological level, but what, what happens to us when we're compassionate or we, when we display compassion? Well, I think that when we're good to ourselves um, and we are practicing self-compassion, then we're exuding that. Uh, we feel better. So I think, you know, we also perceive things in a different way. I mean, when mm-hmm. I, when our health is good and we take care of ourselves, right, your body's going to naturally detox. When you, when you sleep, it's going to naturally detox. Um, and because of that, we have that somewhat of like the mirror neuron effect, you know, yeah. or we just we're treating ourselves good. So why would I treat someone else bad? And yeah. that really starts again. It just starts with how you treat yourself. That's very interesting. You know, the more I found out that in uh, stages in my life where I did not speak to myself as well or I did not appreciate myself as much. I did not appreciate my life partner as much. And obviously other people who are not as close to me, but, but I really saw a mirror effect there that the more I liked myself, the more I, I, was, I was speaking to myself positively, the more I saw the positive in others, which- Yep, yeah. And I agree with that. And also I've, I've noticed whenever I say, okay, I'm gonna speak nicer to myself, I notice when other people talk to themselves poorly. And so that in itself is that the compassionate action. Then you want to mm-hmm. do something to tell them, hey, don't be so tough on yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, like, hey, it's everything's going to be okay. You know, hey, let's mm-hmm. just go take a breath or get you some water. It's very simple things, I feel like. Now, but with the, um, with the biohacking, I love that concept because... A lot of times it's simple things that we, we forget um, yes. that we do to be yes. better. I, you know, I, I really like, uh, I don't know if you heard about Dave Asprey. Dave Asprey is like one of the, you know, founders of, of, of even the word biohacking, but definitely the field. And mm-hmm. what Dave describes biohacking as, which I like, is affecting or cha- the art and science of changing the environment either within ourselves or around us to better control our own biology and i think obviously it has so many facets but it does start with the environment up here that is literally the source of any other or any other decision you're going to make and the higher is the higher you're going to hold yourself, the higher esteem you're going to hold yourself, the better decisions you're going to make for yourself and for the world. It even mm-hmm. reminds me, um, yeah, so uh, Anthony Robbins talks about it a little bit. You have like six, six pillars of uh, things that you want to, that, 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 that people need, six human needs, and you won't be able to be happy without giving and being compassionate. It, that's a component of, of happiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. A hundred percent. 
yeah and so to us to us as a company again it's it is very it would be amazing and we, we are working on it if part of the product experience would be the mindfulness of understanding that you're taking care of yourself that that would be a moment that you're really taking for yourself when you're applying a cream when you're washing your face when you're looking in the mirror yeah. we would love it to be an anchor during the day where you look yourself in the eyes and you're saying i'm taking care of myself right now i'm doing something that's good for me and i feel like it's a self-feeding loop yeah, I agree. When you say the word anchor, it brings me into when people use mindfulness and they say, you know, you always have this anchor you can come back to. A lot of times it's your breath that mm -hmm. brings you into this moment. So we're just like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm here right now. And you feel different after you do that. Another anchor of mine is um, to massage here. Okay. Sometimes when I'm putting on my skin cream, you know, I go like this. And as I do it, I just think about, you know, um, like my lymph, my lymph system, yeah. my lymphatic system, you know, yes. I'm feeling how that feels so good to take care of myself and activate that system. So I'm just thinking loving kindness thoughts to myself that, that now it's just, it happens. I mean, I say I'm thinking loving kindness. I'm, I'm not saying in my mind, I, I love you, Misty. I love you. You know, but <laughs> I'm taking a moment to, to, instead of putting my cream on like this, you know, you got to pat it in so it gets in there. Otherwise you're just wasting expensive product. Uh -huh. And when I find a good cream, yeah, I'm like, I'm going to use this. So I always, you know, take the time to anchor. And so this has become an anchor for me. It's very that's calming. That's an amazing, amazing idea. I'm going to try it. Yeah. And also here, you know, you take uh -huh. your opposite hand and you can massage there because really we should also be taking care of our neck. Yes. And our decollete, that's a very important area, I feel like. So it is, it is and it is an area that um, I'm a big believer in micro decisions. You have accumulated micro decisions and what we see a lot in people's neck, chest, um, uh, around the ears, actually around here as well, um, hands, is that these areas, obviously nine out of 10 times a person is going to apply the cream there, but because one out of 10 times they're not going to, or they're not going to, you know, address it in the same, you know, in the same way they're going to address their face, that one out of 10 time accumulates. And yeah. that means that's like, um, you know, that's, around 30 times a year um, that you are going to neglect right. that area. And that will translate over the years when we are in our 30s, 40s, 50s. That accumulates, buddy. So you- Yeah, you... <laughs> I agree. I remember asking someone when I was doing runway, um, she was kind of like our, our house mom, you know, that would make sure that we looked right before we went on the down the runway and that, you know, our skirt was on the right way or whatever. I said, what would you recommend an anti-aging tip? Because I had always been kind of obsessed with this. I mean, I was into, even when I was into herbalism, I was into plants because I wanted to know how they could heal us. I loved foraging for different plants and leaves. And so anyway, she told me the most important thing you can do is moisturize. And I'm like, oh, I got that because my mom, when I was younger, would always use cocoa butter 
and just put it all over her body every time uh -huh. after the shower. So, you know, as soon as I'm like 11 and up, I put lotion on every time after I shower and I can tell the difference in my skin compared to other people my age that just didn't moisturize. And I'm not saying that to scare anyone. I'm just saying I, you know, I can see the results and vice versa. But also I think I'm one of those people that wasn't paying enough attention to my neck. And mm -hmm. so I've started doing that in the last um, few years and I can see a difference already. So it's never too late to start. The main thing is that you, we're talking about and that someone starts somewhere. And I Correct. think that, that's compassionate in itself. You, you just start somewhere. Correct. And, and obviously, never mind, never mind uh, where a person is right now in their skin journey. They definitely do not want to look worse tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, you that's know? true. Yeah, it does like that. It not matter how you look right now. Look at yourself in the mirror. If you like it, great. If you don't like it, first of all, let's practice some loving kindness. Mm -hmm. But you definitely don't want to hate yourself more tomorrow. Let's say I like agree that. with that. Yeah. And I like how you say skin journey because that's exactly what it is. I mean, the things that I used 10 years ago, 15 years ago are not what I use now. It, at one mm -hmm. point, I'm, I started to think the more I got into science, I'm like, what is this stuff I'm putting on my face? And yeah. so I, I stopped altogether and it wasn't because I couldn't pronounce the words. I mean, I worked at a medical spa, so I understand, mm -hmm. you know, science, like science and molecules versus just actually, junk. <laughs> actually, because, because you are involved in Stanford with Stanford, uh, there is a, uh, a professor in Stanford. He's amazing. His name is Ryan Spittler. Mm -hmm. And I remember meeting him around a decade ago when he was, um, one of the first people writing about light therapy or infrared light therapy. Yes. Really ridiculed, you know, 10, 15 years ago, really was not taking, taken ser seriously. And through, through the time, this was an amazing, um, an amazing journey to view him and his his claims really brought into light and people really adopting them where now you can buy any you know you look like magneto you can buy any mask and put it on the face and look red for a while which is great but definitely technology advances and we do need to to keep our our, our finger on the pulse yeah see, see what would give us the best service right now and of course, you don't know. Not everybody should go to med school just because they want to know what's what's the best skincare to use. But if you do, um, if you do, make sure you love the process, love your skin, think about what's the what's the best for it, and go on a journey and try to find what works for you. Yeah, it's also yeah, going, yeah it's going to be more enjoyable for you, mm -hmm. and it's also going to yield better results. Yeah. I agree. I mean, the things I use then and now are completely different. And I would say I use a lot of different mechanisms now. Before it used to be your face wash and your cleanser and the makeup. And yeah. so it takes me a while, but I'm like, okay, this is the product I will put on my face. And then this is like, you know, I'll do micro needling or I'll do, mm -hmm. you know, the light therapy. And there's, there's a lot of more options now. Correct. And, 
it doesn't just have to be something that you rub on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, we so in the uh, anti-aging research community, people are doing all sorts of of things to, to look younger. Any anywhere, anywhere from uh, taking diabetes medications like metformin or um, uh, a carbos, which is not even on the market yet, uh, not not in the market anymore, uh, to uh, rapamycin, which is a very radical uh, step to um, what we do, which is develop you know cutting edge molecules for for skincare. So this field definitely is in its infancy. The anti aging field is well. I, considering that neuroscience really just came about so strong in the last 20 years, I, yeah. that's completely understandable. And I think for you as a company, the best thing and what I would, I do as a company is we keep growing. You know, yes. the, the main thing is you're doing the research and you're growing, you're on your own journey to bring your customer the best product. You're not just like, okay, well, this is what worked 20 years ago and it's the best product and your product never changes because that's not true. Everything is changing. Our environment, the level of toxins are changing, the amount Correct. of um, screen time we're getting is through the roof. <laughs> yes, yes. So, even in the last few years, we even discovered the blue light from, from your screen that damages your DNA and your, and your skin. You know, that is, that is a new discovery, newish discovery, which people should address and apply sunscreen, even if they're in front of their computer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you, what you really see in the beauty industry, which to me is obvious, it's understandable, but, but I don't like it so much, is the fact that um, any company that needs to be profitable is going through a quarterly or a yearly loop, right? They look at themselves, they say, okay, the end of the year, we have to make profit. And the problem with that is that you normally are targeting what people are aware that works right now. You're targeting current trends. So <laughs> you're seeing CBD and turmeric uh, products right now because that is what po what's popular right now. It doesn't mean that's the I best. Was putting, <laughs> I was putting turmeric paste under my eyes years ago just because yeah. I studied plants and I thought I ordered all these bulk herbs and I actually did my own skincare for a while because I was wow. so fed up and, and I would do my own experiments on myself and I'm wow. like oh, look when I use the turmeric for my dark circles it works you know but this is people thought I was crazy then and yes maybe it just only worked for a day. I don't know the science behind it. I know it's anti-inflammatory, but I mean, I totally agree. It's trends. Yes. So what we were trying to do obviously is, is find out what works the best and then trying to make it trendy, which is, which is a task. It is um, a task. There's timing with everything for sure. Cool. And it, it sounds like you're more science-based being Correct. in the science world is difficult because one, we want to make it sound cool to people and we want them to understand because if people don't understand science, they don't like it. If people Correct. just like what they don't know. Correct. And um, we are starting to see, so both, I don't know if you know, a smaller company called Caudely. It's a French company. Uh -huh. Both of them and Estee Lauder are 
have published that they are that they are research and developing uh, products in the same field we are. So activating sirtuins, which are the anti-aging genes. And obviously, when they're going to come up with their products on the market, that's going to be an easier, it's going yep. to be easier to explain because you could reference to other companies. Mm -hmm. And right now, we are kind of the only one in that field. That's great. And um, the the hope is is that uh, we're going to have enough uh, enough disciples, enough um, enough yep. uh, believers when they they launch their product that we wouldn't that we wouldn't you know they wouldn't even they would reference us when they want to explain nice. something that yeah. would be amazing yeah um, but obviously the most important is is creating a a big change in people's skin regardless we do believe that through word of mouth through people loving our products that is the most authentic way to succeed and the most i'm not i'm not saying karma in a in a in a uh, in a um spiritual way but in a in a, in a physical way improving your karma improving the way that 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 you do business you really look at the end customer and you really want the best for them so um misty kind of to to sum it all up and to uh to get your your two cents about self-care and about beauty and kind of tying them together what do you do on a daily basis as far as self-care can be beauty or otherwise also in inside and outside you did give us the the, the hand technique and the counting to 10 but what is your your daily habits that you're looking at doing every day the daily habits that I'm doing right now and I'm loving is I'm taking uh, krill oil. Okay. First thing I'm taking that and my zinc first thing in the morning and my energy is through the roof. Uh, do you take quercetin with that, with zinc? Do I take what? Quercetin? No, I don't think so. Well, I don't know what supplement I'm taking right now. <laughs> Should I be taking that with it? Yes, yes. Uh, zinc has a difficulty getting into the cell if it doesn't it's not accompanied by something like quercetin a lot of times with my supplements because i know they're so expensive i'll try to get the um liposomal like uh -huh. with vitamin c and things like that i don't spend a lot on my supplements but i will say the fish oil is awesome um i usually opt actually for um ivs okay so just put it straight into my veins like let's, mm -hmm. let's go for this let's do this mm -hmm. get it where it needs to go i'd rather pay 150 for that than you know spend it all on supplements have and you ever done an, sorry go ahead have you, have you ever done an nad iv yeah i i think so i tried to order nad plus from a company that you take um orally and i i just thought I appreciate the science behind the company. I mean, it was it was expensive. I'm sure it was a great molecule, but I'm like, am I really, is my body really utilizing this? So NAD is, is problematic and that's why we made, we made skincare that has it. Um, two things are happening. If you're just taking NAD in and on its own, which is kind of the, the energy currency for your mm -hmm. cells, the, it doesn't, it, it, it's not like it's, not that the skin that, that that your body knows what to do with it when it's outside of your cell so it's going to break it down to something that it does understand which is niacin which is b3 and really what you're looking at is you're taking inexpensive b3 
because your body's going to turn it to B3 mm-hmm. circulated throughout your body. Some of it's going to turn back into NAD, which is great, but most of it you're really taking B3. So an entire quarter billion dollar industry that exists right now is NAD precursors, mm-hmm. which are molecules that are that are more efficient at, in turning into NAD mm-hmm. in the body. And from research, we see that about, so, a, you know, 90% of it, of, of the NAD is staying in your liver. So your liver really enjoys it. <laughs> and the rest of the body gets, gets, gets the, uh, the scraps. And the whole premise of the skincare that we made to begin with was delivering it directly where we would want it. So we, we have a, a few very uh, specific nano-sized, encapsulated um, NAD precursors. Mm-hmm. And when you apply them directly on the skin, they then, so a precursor is, is, um, is one step before just to, to, mm-hmm. to build know. it. Exactly. So so that's, that's, the, uh, that's the Lego pieces. Yeah. To, to build NAD. So then your body takes these Lego pieces, which it does have direct highways going into the cell uh, for that those specific precursors. It delivers them into the cell, they turn into NAD, and everyone's happy. <laughs> and that is, that is how we started. And then obviously your, any kind of repair process in your cell, on your skin, in your body looks at the amount. It's like us before we go to brunch, we look at our bank account and figure out if we can go to brunch or not. And we're not <laughs> going to even bother going if we can't afford it. The same way their repair mechanisms in our body, they're going to look before they start. They're going to look at the that amount of, NAD. yeah, they're going to look at the amount of NAD they has, they have and they're not, it's called the NAD plus minus dependent processes. They're not even going to start if they don't have enough NAD. So then after our, our product that, that does have NAD, which is a nightly product, our day product has uh, a patented version of resveratrol, um, something from, from uh, a peptide that is very powerful in, in, in demanding your body to create collagen. So things yeah. that ask your body to repair them itself. And now that it has enough NAD, now it can do it. Yes. Yes. No, I love that. And that's, I feel like how you have to take it because science is so, I mean, yeah, the way that something's metabolized in our stomach, it's going to be different than if we put it on our skin. And so you're doing all that work for everyone. I mean, a lot of what you're saying, is sounds familiar to me, but you're the pro in this. And I absolutely adore that you're taking the time, you know, with your company to figure out what is best for the skin, you know, because it is different to put it on your skin or to ingest it. I mean, it's liberated differently. Is it used? Is it not? You may have one precursor, but if you don't have the others, and I think that's why I got upset with the buying products that were so expensive because I was just, the more I started to learn about science or I'd be in class and I'm like, hold on, this doesn't make sense. Why I would be paying even for supplements because all of them might, they might only have 5%, you know, that will work. 
So um, in regards yeah. to the D3 though, I've just been using the sun. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, that's the most important. I, I think, I think um, if someone can get out to the sun, they really should do it. You know, for D3, I really try, I, I do take, do you know the company Thorn? Yes. So I do take their uh, D3K2 drops. Yeah. Oh, drops. Think, yeah, the drops. The reason I take the drops is because the only research showing overdosing on D3 was through drops. Because even if you take, you know, 20,000 units of vitamin D3 in capsules, your body can't not going to overdose it's not just not going to use a lot of it and then i wonder what else are you processing with the the capsules too you know <laughs> yes especially if you're taking that much yes um so so definitely uh definitely uh so the sun is important obviously yeah. water i drink a ton of reverse osmosis water with the um trace minerals added back into it mm -hmm. um, okay I, you have to, I mean, I think water is just so good for you. I don't know why. Yes. <laughs> why yes, I have to fight with people about water, but. You know, and water. one thing I want to say, like last thing I want to say about water is when I was going through, when I was managing, uh, when I was managing a chain of retail stores, that was a very high paced um, job. Not only it was a high, high paced job, it was a job where you had to go from one meeting to the next and had to, you know, you, you, you were screaming at someone a second ago. Now you need to be super nice uh, to someone yeah. else. And the trick that worked the best for me to reset my mind was cold water. That's Drinking cold water is the best mind reset I know. Well, and I think there's something behind that because a lot of therapists will suggest that you have cold water if you're feeling anxiety. So we might want to throw that into the stress yeah, management yeah, yeah. category. So um, Misty, let me ask you, what is, uh, what is the best way for people to um, kind of to, 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 you know, really give it a summary and, and, and in case people want to, want to, continue following you, getting more of your, of your sage advice, uh, maybe getting a service from you. What is the best way to follow you, um, to reach out to you? Yeah, where, where are you most active at? I'm most active on Instagram at Misty mm -hmm. Beautiful. It's really mm -hmm. simple, M-I-S-T-Y, beautiful. Um, and that's where I'll share a lot. I mostly will share um, about my birds. Mm -hmm. and rescuing and i will do my health hacks on there a lot and um and lifestyle choices and anything that i'm learning i share that a lot in neuroscience because i think it's important and i try yeah. to make it um to where everybody will enjoy it and understand it i got it okay so my instagram is the is is the uh is the hub to to start from yeah yep so misty Listen, I think we can go for hours because you're super interesting. And maybe we, we will do it again at some point. I would we love will that. Conversation. For sure, we will send you some products to try. And we I will. cannot wait. I've been using peptides a lot, and I'm, I'm so in love with the peptides. Um, also, I'd recommend to people using an enzyme or a pre 
prebiotic and probiotics. I mean, I love also using those on my skin. So I'm excited to. Um, Great. Great. I think you'll, you'll really like what we're doing. Okay. Thank you very much, Misty. And Thank I you. Thank you for day. having me. I appreciate it so much. I enjoyed chatting with you. Let's do it again. Yes, ma'am. All right. Bye. All right. Take care. Bye. Ciao.